chapter 12. And this morning, I want to continue my series entitled Lost. Some things get lost along the way. And for the last several weeks, we've been talking about lost treasures, lost uh, things that we embraced as Christians years ago, maybe things that we have forgotten that are really important. And I want to encourage you next week, I've got a message for the young people. I've got a message for our country. I've got a message for the, the, the generations that are out there today. Uh, bring them in and because uh, I really believe it's going to be life-changing. Next week, we're going to talk about lost purity, lost purity and how important it is and what what is purity of heart? As Jesus said, blessed are the pure in heart. But this morning, I want to actually continue my sermon on renewing your mind. If you remember two weeks ago, we began to look at how to be transformed. And it says in Romans chapter 12, therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Don't be squeezed into, don't be conformed to the pattern of this world, but be transformed. Everybody say transform. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Everybody say mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good and pleasing and perfect will. And so thus far, we have determined that as a result of sin, as a result of being born with a sinful tendency, the, the old nature, that's called the flesh. In the Greek, it's sarks, which means that it is the old tendencies, the way we used to think before we were born again, the way we used to think before we knew Christ, before we had the Holy Spirit living inside of us. And he said, and the way that you can be renewed is by renewing your mind. Remember, Paul the Apostle begins the book of Romans with his argument in Romans chapter 1 that all of us struggle with wrong knowledge and wrong thinking. All of us struggle with a darkened heart that leads to wrong ways of thinking, that always leads to wrong way of living. But Paul tells us that we are to be transformed. That word is metamorpho, which we get the word metamorphosis from, that you are literally to be changed from one thing to another thing. He wants our entire life to be changed. He doesn't want us just to have a religion, but he wants us to have a living relationship with the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And because of that, we can be transformed or changed from one thing to another thing. He wants everything about us to emerge into something awesome. God has a plan for your life, and it's big. God has a plan for your life, and it's big. And you've got to believe that. You've got to believe that God wants to take you and transform you so that you might be everything that God wants you to be. Transformation means all things become different. Behold, anyone who is in Christ is a what? New creation. He's something, she's something different than what she was. It's not the same person with some new ideas. It's not the same old Steve Malazzo with a facelift. And it, it's an entirely different person. That's why people that you knew before, that knew you before you were a Christian, now that you're a Christian, thinks you're, they think you're crazy. 
You know, Peter says, you don't live the way you used to live. You used to run around and you used to do things that you knew were wrong, but you don't do those things anymore. There is a transformation that happens in your life. You know, I have a good friend, Carl Weirman, and he often tells me the story about before he was a Christian, he was a playboy. Before he was a Christian, he'd go out to clubs and he'd drink and do all these things. But man, I love to sit down and talk to Carl because every time he tells me the story, and he's telling me the story several times over. Why? Because he's getting older now and he forgot he told me the story. No, I'm just kidding. No, he tells me the story because it's his life story. It's his life story about how God changed his life. And I love to listen to it every single time. You know why? Because every time Carl tells a story, he sits up. He puts a smile on his face. He, he said to me, Pastor Steve, you don't know how bad I was before I came to Christ. And you don't know the change, transformation that occurred in my life. And his wife says, yeah, amen. <laughs> I know it better than anybody else, right? That's what God is talking about here is a changed person. Listen again to Paul's admonition in Ephesians chapter 4. He said, so I tell you this and insist on the Lord that you must no longer live as the Gentiles do in the futility of their thinking. Everybody say thinking. They are darkened in their understanding. Everybody say understanding. And separated from the life of God because of their ignorance that is in them due to the hardening of their heart. Look, look what the separation is. He says they're separated from God because their thinking is wrong, their hearts are darkened, and they have ignorance. And because they're walking in ignorance, they're living a life that is separated from God. The Bible says my people perish for their lack of what? Knowledge. Having lost all sensitivity. What's that word sensitivity mean? It means that when you have certain knowledge, you're convicted. Having lost all conviction, they have given themselves over to sensuality so as to indulge in every kind of impurity, and they're full of greed. That, however, is not the way of life that you learned. Everybody say learn. When you heard. Everybody say heard. Notice the words that, notice the powerful words that Paul the Apostle uses. He uses words like learn, like heard, like understand, like thinking, like heart. Listen to what he says. You, however, have not learned it this way. You've been not, you have been taught about Christ. When you heard about Christ, you were taught in him in accordance with the truth that is in Jesus. You were taught. Everybody say taught. With regard to your former way of life, to put off the old self, which is being corrupted by the deceitful desires. Where does desires come from? Your heart. What is your heart? It's not the organ in your body, but it is the very heart. It is the very subconscious person that you are. It's your very desires deep down in your heart. He said to be made new. He said in the attitude. Everybody say attitude. Of your mind. Your mind determines your attitude. Your heart determines your attitude. And to put on the new self, created. Everybody say created. To be like God in true righteousness and holiness. He said put on the new self. He said you're a new creation. You're a new person in Christ. It's not about rules and regulations. But it's really about understanding the transformation that it can occur in your life. And so I love what John Piper says about this. Transformation is not switching 
from the to-do list of the flesh to the do list of the law. When Paul replaces the list, the works of the flesh, he does not replace it with the works of the law, but the fruit of the Spirit. The Christian alternative to a moral behavior is not a new list of moral behaviors. It is the triumphant power and transformation of the Holy Spirit through faith in Jesus Christ, our Savior and our Lord, who is our treasure. God has made us competent to be ministers of the new covenant, not by the letter of the law, but by the Spirit. For the letter kills, but the Spirit gives life. Everybody say, the Spirit gives life. So transformation is profound, it is blood-bought, it is spirit-wrought, it is a change that happens from the inside out. It's a different you, someone who is free from the old way of living. There's no more fits of rage, there's no more fits of fear, there's no more self-pity, there's no more living in defeat, there's no more being dominated by jealousy, there's no more living in addiction, there's no more living in doubt, there's no more dominated by the sinful nature. It's a different you created in Christ to live holy, to live victoriously, to have power, to have authority, to have influence, to have right thinking, have right living. So so that you can live a holy life, not by a set of rules, but with confidence, with faith, with hope, with joy, that with a, a spirit-filled joy that comes knowing that you have a purpose, and that purpose is to be changed, to be like Jesus Christ. Somebody say amen. amen. But you might say, I don't feel like a different person. I still struggle with things. How many of you struggle with things in your life? Turn to your neighbor and say, he's talking to you right now. We, we struggle with certain things. And the truth is, the more knowledge we get, the more we change the way that we think, the more that our thinking falls in line with what Christ has already done. That's why faith comes by what? By hearing, by learning. So sometimes we're struggling because we really don't know who we are in Christ. We don't know what God wants for us. We don't know the word. Why? Because when we know the word, it transforms our life. The Bible says the word of God is living. Amen. It is alive. And so when you get it inside of you, it gives God the opportunity to transform you from the inside out. And so here Paul tells us why. He says, he says the only way that you and I can realize, the only way that you, can, I can, you and I can experience transformational living, the only way that you and I could be everything that God intended us to be is to be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So what does this mean? What does it mean to be renewed by the renewing of your mind or transformed by the renewing of your mind. Well, let's first make sure that we truly understand what the Bible means by the mind. Why? Because the truth of the matter is, is most people don't really understand what Paul is talking about when he's talking about the mind. He's not only thinking, talking about what you think about, and that's really critical, but, that, but it goes so far deeper than that. I believe one of the problems in the church today is there is a lack of understanding of what Paul really meant when he was talking about the mind being transformed by the renewing of 
our mind. We think it means just start thinking differently. But it's so much more than just thinking differently. We think that it just means that we need to change the channel, and we do, and that's very important. We'll talk about that at the end of the sermon, but it means so much more than that. Yes, our thinking does need to change, but our mind is so much more than just the ability to process data. The definition in the Greek for the word mind is actually the word noose. Everybody say noose. The word noose actually means more than just thinking. It actually means deep-seated, listen to me, understanding. Deep-seated understanding. So the first thing that Paul is talking about is literally change the way you understand everything in life. You see, there's a worldview and there's God's view. There's a world way of thinking and God's way of thinking. That's why the Bible says God's ways are so much higher than our ways and his thoughts are so much higher than our thoughts you see there's a lot of christians that come to church but they still have a world view they still have a world understanding but we've got to change our world view because the only way that we're going to be transformed is when we recognize that our understanding about God, our understanding about the world, our understanding about ourselves has to radically be changed again. You see, your mind needs to be brainwashed. You need to be washed by the blood of the Lamb, and you need to be washed by the word of the Lord. Somebody say amen. It needs to be completely changed. Why? Because we don't react the way we should because we don't really understand the way we should. We have so much understanding that we need to grow in when it comes to the things of God. Listen to what Paul says about unbelievers again in Ephesians chapter 4. Their moral understanding is darkened and their reasoning is clouded. They are alienated and self-banished from the life of God with no sheer in it. That is because of the willful ignorance and spiritual blindness that is deep-seated within them. Everybody say deep-seated. Because of the hardness and insensitivity of their heart. So our understanding about God needs to grow and expand so that we can be changed and transformed. The word noose means the ability to understand. The word noose means the ability to reason the right way. The word noose means, or mind, it means your intellect, your thinking, the ability to decide to make up your mind. It's closely tied, listen to me, to your will. And as a result of that, it affects every area of your life. It affects your attitude. Everybody say attitude, which always leads to your actions. Listen to me. When Paul said to be transformed by the renewing of your mind, he was saying, let your understanding of God, let your understanding of Christ, let your understanding of the Holy Spirit, let your understanding of who you are in Christ, let your understanding of the word go so deep that it will begin to literally seep into every area of your life. It'll seep into your attitude. It'll seep into your desires. It'll seep into your understanding. 
understanding. It'll seep into your thinking so that your thinking will change and be transformed so that he said every reason, every philosophy, every world thought, every worldly action, let every worldly thought be filtered through the channel of God's reasoning, of God's unchanging word, of God's wisdom, and of God's knowledge. That's why Solomon said the only way that you could truly live for God is to go deep in your understanding. I would challenge every one of you to begin to read the Proverbs. In fact, there are 31 Proverbs. I think you should read one chapter a day because a chapter a day of Proverbs will keep the devil away. Come on, somebody. It'll keep you reasoning the right way. You know, Solomon said, when you understand, he says, take the understanding of God's word and, and embrace it more, more importantly than anything else, more than gold or silver. So when Paul said, be transformed by the renewing of your mind, he was saying, you must be made new in the attitude of your mind. He says, and when you're new in the attitude of your mind, then, listen, you can put on the new self created to be like God and true holiness and righteousness comes together. He said, be made new by changing your attitude, by changing your mind. When Paul said to be transformed by the renewing of your mind, he was saying, change the way you think, which in turn will change the way you live. Listen to me. God wants to transform your life. And how does he do it? He does it by the Holy Spirit. He does it by the word. He does it by his grace. He does it by his power. He does it by his love. And he does it by the way that you understand deep down in your heart and the way you think. Because your life's journey will be determined in so many ways about how you think. As a man thinks, the Bible says, so he is. Say that again. As a man thinks, as a woman thinks, so they are. So somebody said, watch your thoughts because they become words. Watch your words because they become actions. Watch your actions because they become habits. Watch your habits because they become your character. And watch your character because it becomes your destiny. That's why I want to tell you, young people, young ladies, if a young man doesn't have a lot of wisdom, run like the house is on fire. If it, listen to me, if a young man doesn't have a, an older man in his life that he's being mentored by, run like the house is on fire. Because the only chance you have of having a good relationship with that young man is that young man is filling his heart and his mind with wisdom. That's why I want to tell you something. You may think that nothing is happening with your children as they're coming to church. You bring them to church every week. Every week you bring your son, your daughter to church, and you think, you know what? Uh, they don't even want to come. I have to drag them half the time. But you know what? Wisdom is seeping in. Come on, somebody. Wisdom is seeping in. That's why I'm here today, because my mama dragged me to church, this church. Hallelujah. Now, I understand when they get to be 25 years old, you can't drag so hard anymore. You have to just kind of work through that situation. But, man, when they're younger, let that wisdom seep within them. It's worth it. Why? Because the word of God is alive, and it will not fail to serve its purpose. So notice what Paul says in 2 Corinthians chapter 10. I want you to mark this down somewhere. In fact, I want you to go ahead and go on your phones and go to Facebook and, and say 2 Corinthians chapter 10 will change your life because somebody's going to read it because you said that they should read it. For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not weapons of the world. On the contrary, they are, have divine power 
to demolish strongholds. What's a stronghold? He tells us what a stronghold is. A stronghold is a way of thinking. Remember what Paul says. Paul says that the unbeliever cannot please God, cannot live for God, because they are in bondage to their ignorance, to their heart that has become darkened. That's a stronghold. A stronghold was a place that people would run into for safety, or it was a prison. In this case, it's a prison. It's a prison of our thinking. So he says, we demolish, look what it is, arguments. What's an argument? And every pretension, what's a pretension? That sets itself up against the what? Knowledge of God. We take captive. Look how Paul deals with spiritual warfare. He says, I deal with spiritual warfare by taking captive every thought making it obedient to Christ. So let's break that down. What's a stronghold? A stronghold is a way of thinking. And when we think a certain way, we live a certain way, and we reap the same consequences over and over and over again. So if we have a worldview, we're going to be captivated or held captive by that worldview. If we were told all our life that we were no good, if we were told all our life that we wouldn't make it, if we were told, if we were indoctrinated by our parents that we were just a mistake, you know, we weren't even supposed to be born, if we were indoctrinated by false understandings of the word, if we were given a false doctrine or a false gospel, then we are living out those lies in our life. You look at people constantly, and they've got habits and hurts and hang-ups in their life, and they, they do things, and you think, why in the world would they ever do those things? Can't, don't they understand it's always going to reap the same consequence? Why? Because the definition of insanity is to keep doing the same thing over and over again, expecting a different result. But you see, your mind plays such an important part of it, because how a man thinks, as a man thinks, so he is. So if you think you're dumb, you're going to live dumb. If you think that you're, you're not worthy, you're going to live a life that's not worthy. Why? Because that's a stronghold. And so Paul the Apostle says, how do we deal with those strongholds in our life? How do we change our actions? We change our actions by first changing our thinking. And how do we change our thinking? We change our thinking by renewing our mind with the Word of God, by understanding that the Holy Spirit wants to do that work. We're going to talk about that. But notice what he says. We demolish arguments. How do you demolish an argument? You line it up with the word. Amen. You see what the word of God says. If the word of God says this is what it is, I'm going to demolish that argument by embracing the truth of God's word. And every pretension, listen, that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. The enemy has been rendered powerless. The only thing he has is schemes. That's why the Bible says we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against powers and principalities and wickedness in high places. Therefore, put on the full armor of God that you might be able to stand against what? The schemes of the enemy, the pretensions of the enemy, the arguments that the enemy sets up against what? The knowledge of God. The enemy wants to keep you stupid. He wants to keep you ignorant. He wants to keep you from learning the word because he knows when you learn the word, you'll be empowered to be able to defeat every argument that he sets up against God and he sets up against you. Come on, somebody help me out. Say amen. Glory to God. He says, and we, listen, listen, and we take captive every 
thought. Everybody say every. We take captive every thought and make it obedient to Christ. And so we're ready to punish every disobedience once our obedience is complete. The war is for our mind. The war is for our attitude. The war is for our will and our action, our understanding, our knowledge. The way that we think is the way that we see ourselves. That's why Romans chapter 8 says, those who are dominated by the sinful nature think about sinful things. But those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit think about the things that please the Spirit. So let your sinful nature be controlled, not be controlled, but because it'll lead to death. But let the Spirit control your minds that lead to life and peace. Here it is. He says, if the Holy Spirit is controlling your mind, then you'll have a life of peace and you'll have a life of joy and you'll have a life that is filled with the things that God wants to fill your life with. He said, for the sinful nature, there it is, nature, what is the nature? The nature is always led by the way we think. So our sinful nature, before we were born by the Spirit, always had a way of thinking, and as a result, always had a way of living. So your thoughts matter more to you than you could ever imagine. I want you to say with me, my thoughts matter more to me than I could ever imagine. And so God wants to change, listen to me, the direction of your life. Let me ask you a question. Are you happy with the direction of your life? Come on, let's be honest. Are you happy with what's happening in your life right now? Are you happy with the struggles that you have, the, the habits and addictions of your life? No matter who you are, maybe you're watching via live stream today. Maybe you're watching from around the world and you're saying, I'm not happy with my life. I'm not happy with the results of my actions in my life. You see, some of us are held captive by our thinking because our life is dominated, listen to me, by negative thoughts. Your life is controlled by how you think about yourself. And maybe the truth is you've lost your mind. Turn to your neighbor right now and say, have you lost your mind? I know that wives tend to say that a lot to their husbands somewhere along the week. Have you lost your mind? You see, we've lost our mind by losing control, listen to me, of what we think about. You see, the truth is if we don't learn how to take captive every thought and make it obedient to our Lord and Savior, obedient to Christ, then our mind is going to wander all over the place. How many of you have a problem with a wandering mind? Let me see your hand. Come on. The rest of you need a psychiatrist. You're in denial. Some people just allow any thought, any image, any negative thought to invade their mind and take them captive. That's what a stronghold, something that holds someone captive from leaving. So a stronghold defined, a stronghold is a mental argument you believe that contradicts the person and power of Christ. A stronghold is a thought, a fortress, an argument designed to take your mind captive and hold you prisoner. These fortresses are designed to negate the person of Christ and the power of the gospel in your life. Wow. And so the truth is there are a lot of Christians who are held captive by the way they think. But today, 
we're going to learn for a few moments how to take control, our thoughts, so that we can be changed, so we can live the life that God wants us to listen to me. You don't have to be held captive anymore to unwanted thoughts. How many of you would love to be able to say, I don't have to be captive to uninvited thoughts, unholy thoughts, undermining thoughts, thoughts that are unwanted in our mind. Listen to me. You and I are susceptible to false arguments that can control our minds. These reoccurring thought patterns, when left unchecked, will become the dominating arguments of our mind, even to the point where they become our new truth, our new way of thinking. Wow. So Paul tells us we can change the channel in our mind and tune into godly, God-honoring, God-directed, inspiring, effective, productive, joy-filled, peaceful, powerful thoughts. How many of you would like to have a mind that is dominated with positivity? Let me see your hand. Amen. I know about you. I want to be positive. You know, I want to see the world in a positive way. I want to be able to wake up in the morning and be able to see things the way God sees things. In fact, here's what Paul the Apostle says in Philippians chapter 4. He says, rejoice in the Lord always. He said, be happy always. Is it possible to be happy always? He said, I'll say it again. Rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Don't be filled with anxiety over anything but in every situation, with prayer and petition and thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, this is what it says, which transcends your understanding, will guard your what? Your heart. Everybody say heart. And your mind. So it'll guard your subconscious desires and it'll guard the way that you think. So Paul tells us that we can experience peace we don't have to be filled with anxiety and fear. We can live in confidence and joy. We can walk in victory. How do you do that? Notice what he says in verse 8. Listen. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Everybody say, it's time to think. Everybody turn to your neighbor and say, it's time to change my stinking thinking. <laughs> See, now, now the Greek word here, I looked it up. The Greek word for think here, when Paul says think, he's not saying a little dabble do you at the end of the night one scripture. Here's what he's saying. He's saying dwell on, really consider, reckon, and maintain. We get the word logic from the word in the Greek for think, that we need to start thinking. Our logic needs to change, and we need to start thinking good things. What things? He says, here it is. What's true, think about these things. How do you think about things that are true? you got to get truth inside of you. You put on the belt of truth, and how do you get truth? The truth will set you free. How do you get truth? You get truth by Filling your word, your life, with the truth of God's word. Notice what he says. Whatsoever is pure, whatsoever is lovely, whatsoever is admirable, whatsoever is of praiseworthiness, think about these things. And when you do that, it begins to transform your mind. How are we changed? How do we learn to act differently? How do we see things differently? How do we feel 
differently? How do we align? Uh, how do we learn to let our feelings be aligned with our thinking by the renewing of our mind? So how do we renew our mind? Real quick. Number one, we renew our mind by allowing the Holy Spirit access to our desires and our passions and to our mind. We need to allow him to control our lives. Romans tells us that the renewed mind, listen to me, is a byproduct of a spirit-controlled mind. Notice what he says in Romans chapter 8. The mind governed. Everybody say governed. The mind governed by the flesh is death, but the mind governed by the Holy Spirit is life and peace. So it starts first with an absolute surrendering to the lordship of the Holy Spirit in your life. How does the Holy Spirit control our mind? Well, he controls our mind as we fill our mind with the word of God. He brings it back to our remembrance. We are quick to take captive every thought. We listen to the Holy Spirit when he speaks to us and he convicts us. Listen to what Jesus said. He said, it's important that I go away. For when I go away, I'll send the Holy Spirit. And listen, he will guide you into all truth. He will teach you all things. He will always be speaking about the things that you need to know about me and the Father. He'll make things right. He'll convict the world of its sin. And he will be your advocate. So Paul, the apostle, tells us in Ephesians chapter 5, Five, that we're not to be, listen to me, drunk with wine, but we're to be what? Filled with the Spirit. That word fill there means to be controlled by the Spirit. What happens when you get drunk? You get really silly. How many of you have seen a silly person who's drunk? And, 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 and what is the first thing that goes when somebody gets drunk? First thing that goes when somebody gets drunk is their a, a ability to what? To reason. So they say things that they wouldn't usually say. They do things that they usually wouldn't do. Why? Because the, that's why they call it spirits, right? Because wine is like a spirit that controls you. And when you're drunk with wine, when you're drunk with alcohol, you do things that you don't want to do. You do things that you don't even remember that you did. You say things that you didn't want to say. You say things that you didn't even remember that you said. Why? Because you're being controlled. So today, we all have to decide who is going to control our life. Are you going to maintain control? Let me just tell you. As long as you control your life, as long as you decide you're going to be the one controlling your life on a daily basis, you're going to still think and act the way the world acts. You're going to still think and act the way the old person acts. But the Bible says when the Spirit comes, he's going to transform you. That's what the word born again means. Notice, Jesus said, unless the man be born again, he cannot see and he cannot enter the kingdom of God. You can't live in that dimension without being controlled by the Spirit. Number two, realize that there is a conscious mind and a subconscious mind, and we must be vigilant to protect and guard both the conscious and the subconscious mind. What do I mean by this? Okay, re ready? Lean forward a little bit. Look at your neighbor right now, and if they're falling asleep, smack them and say, this is way too important for you to miss this. Psh, I heard it. Do you know that the subconscious, subconscious, not conscious, but subconscious mind is 30,000 times more powerful than the conscious mind? 30,000 times 
more powerful than the conscious mind. So the conscious mind is actually only 10% of how you feel, of how you think. So the subconscious mind is 10% willpower, 10% short-term memory, 10% logical thinking, and critical thinking. But the subconscious mind is like an iceberg. It goes way deep down, and you can't even really understand how deep it really is. But listen, the subconscious mind is 90% of what you are, and it is the container of what you believe. It is actually your emotions, your habits, your values, your, listen to me, protective reactions, your long-term memory, your imagination, and your intuition. That's why Proverbs 23, 7 says, as a man thinks, listen to me, as a man thinks where, 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 in his heart, as a man thinks in his heart, heart, not just in his brain. You see, we're thinking as a man thinks in their brain, so they are. But it's really in the heart. And what is the heart? The heart is the subconscious man. It goes way deeper than just our thinking, our capability to think or even reason on the 10% of our conscious mind. It is our thinking in our heart. What is the heart? It is the subconscious mind. The heart is the Hebrew word that means the subconscious man. Solomon said, you are whatever your subconscious mind really dwells on and thinks about and really believes and really holds to be valuable. It is your subconscious mind that absolutely reacts to things. That's why the truth of the matter is, is that sometimes we say, why in the world do I keep on reacting the same way? Because you've got to change not just the way you think with your brain, but the way you feel and believe with your subconscious man. As a man thinks in his heart, so he is. So your subconscious mind is your heart. It's deep down on the inside. It's your deep-seated thoughts and will. Whatever controls your heart, listen to me, controls your life. Jesus said your heart determines your actions from the abundance of the what? The heart, the what? From the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. From the abundance of the heart, your actions flow. That's why the Bible tells us to guard our heart because out of the overflow of our heart, there are all the issues of life. So whatever controls your heart controls your life. Everybody say it with me. Whatever controls my heart controls my life. So whoever gets enough information into your heart, whoever gets enough information into your subconscious, into your subconscious thoughts will be able to control your life. That's exactly why Paul's speaking. And when he says the mind controlled or governed by the flesh produces death, but the mind governed by the spirit produces life and peace. So if you want to control the man that you really are on the inside, if you really want to control the woman that you are in the inside, then you have to understand that something's got to go through the conscious to get into the subconscious. And so you have to first work on the, sub, the, the conscious mind to keep repeating over and over and over and over and over again so it gets into the subconscious mind. What do I mean by that? 
Well, you keep on telling yourself that you're an idiot, that you're stupid, that you can't do it. After a while, your conscious mind is going to let your subconscious mind say that is truth. And you're going to begin to live that out. And from the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. You keep on telling yourself that you're a child of God. You keep on telling yourself that you're a winner. You keep on telling yourself that you're an overcomer. You keep on filling your mind with the word of God. And then you keep on repeating the word of God because what you say with your mouth can determine life or death. And you keep on informing yourself that this is what God's word says after a while it's going to get past the conscious into the subconscious and you're going to begin to live out the victorious life that God called you to live come on somebody you see how, do, how, how does a person actually take over a whole nation and destroy I mean how does a man like Hitler who who was in prison who was in <laughs> An absolute maniac. How does he take and actually revolutionize a whole country and thousands, millions of people are now starting to believe what he has to say? Because propaganda over and over and over, over and over and over. That's why you, know, you need to be very careful what you watch on TV. Listen to me. Listen to me. There's a, there, there, there's a, there, there is an, an, an agenda a propaganda agenda out there today and that's why you need to watch what you put into your mind because little by little it's chipping away at your conscious and it's going deeper into your subconscious next week I'm gonna talk about a little bit more about the ills of pornography but let me tell you something every time you watch pornography young person you think it's not doing anything it's 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 harmless it's harmless let me tell you something. Every time you watch pornography, your brain is saying, that woman is just, she, she, don't, she don't mean anything. That, that woman is just a piece of meat. That's all she is. She, she's nothing. She's worthless. You see, every time you watch it, it goes into your brain, and it takes a picture of that. And then it goes into your subconscious. You see, and that's why we have to be so careful about what we watch, so careful about who we are with. Let me tell you something. I don't surround myself with negative people because after a while, that negativity is going to get inside of me. Amen. I surround my people who with I surround myself with people that are positive, faith filled people so that they can tell me things that are going to make me understand who God is. Somebody say amen. Glory to God. You see, the truth is when you download something onto a hard drive, listen to me, listen to me. This is so important. Computers are actually, you know what a computer is? A computer is actually a picture of the brain, the human brain. So you can actually download something onto your computer, and you can go ahead and shut it down, but it's still running in the background. That's why it's so dangerous when you have a computer and you throw it out. Somebody can get that information. Why? Because it's still in the hard drive. So let me ask you a question. What's in your hard drive what's down in your subconscious it's still running in the background that's why the bible test says take heed what you hear why because if you don't control what comes into your conscious mind it will become a part of your subconscious mind and a part of your life someone once said you feed your mind what you feed your mind will determine your attitude and so out of the heart flows the issues of life so what are you allowing to come into your mind? What are you allowing to come into your thought life? What are you allowing to pass through the gateway of your heart? 
Our renewed mind begins with a renewed discipline to vigilantly guard what God wants you to put into your mind. That's why the Bible says we take every thought captive. We stop the thought. We change the channel. We ask the Holy Spirit to help us to shift our thinking. And then we learn how to listen to me. And this is, I'm going to finish with this right now. We practice focus thinking. In other words, Paul the Apostle tells us the secret to peaceful, anxiously, victorious thinking is to change the focus of information that goes into our mind and our heart and then think about those things that are filled with truth, with nobility, with what is right, pure, filled with love. Don't just stop the bad thoughts, but be active in replacing the bad thoughts with good, God-filled thoughts. I want you to notice what God says to Joshua before he goes into the promised land. He says to Joshua, be strong and courageous, and you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their ancestors to give them, if the worship team would come at this time. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law of my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left that you may be successful in wherever you go. Listen, listen. Keep this book of the law always on your lips and meditate on it day and night. God said to Joshua, I'm going to use you to lead the people of Israel into a land of prosperity and power. And you're going to become a great leader. You're going to become an overcoming leader. And you're going to be successful in all you do. But it will require, listen to me, focus thinking. Notice what he says. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate. Everybody say meditate. On it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Notice what he says. Meditation, filling your conscious mind. Listen to me goes into your subconscious mind so that you will be careful to obey everything that it leads you to do. Why? Because it goes from forcing yourself to do it to second nature. Why? Because you fill your mind, your conscious mind with God's word, conscious mind with positive things. Not just God's word, but Christian books, people that are positive people that are going to help you to know who you are in Christ, people that are going to help you to get better at what you do. Fill your mind. Listen to me. I'm telling you right now, if you don't get anything else out of this sermon, I'm telling you today, the enemy is trying to destroy your children. I'm going to tell you how. By all these stupid games that keep them occupied all day long, all day long, these games are making them mindless mindless. You need to have enough courage. Listen to me. Look at me. You need to have enough courage to take that tablet away from your child and say it's time to read a book. Come on, somebody. There are countries, listen to me, there are countries around the world that are going to take over this nation. You know why? Because they have enough discipline to tell their children, take that tablet out of your hand, take that game out of your hand, you're going to study, you're going to get yourself a degree, you're going to become something important in this world, and they're going to take over our country. Why? Because our American kids are like, ding, 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 
Kid walked, a kid walked into my office with his mother. And I went over to say hello to the kid. The kid wouldn't even look at me. He was so addicted to the thing. I felt like saying to them, look at me. You want to be stupid all your life? But I didn't say that. But it was already. I was. See, it's, but it's going to. It's going to require meditating. Listen, the word meditating means the act of focusing one's thoughts to ponder, to think on, to muse. Meditation consists of reflecting or reflective thinking or contemplation, usually on a specific subject to discern its meaning and significance and plan of action. Some synonyms of meditation is contemplation, reflection, deep thinking, deep thinking. That word meditation, we get the word chewing the cud. It's the cow who actually regurgitates and chews it all over again. I know that sounds gross, but that's what we need to do with the word. Keep on chewing it, chewing it, chewing it. And so maybe you've been struggling with negative thoughts. You need to change your, listen to me, inner dialogue if the worship team will come. <laughs> I don't know where they go. Do they, do they go to the delicatessen while I'm preaching? I don't know. I don't know. Ah, Jesus, thank you, Lord. So listen, you need to change the way you live by the way you think. Because when you start thinking differently, listen to me, you start changing your inner dialogue. Because all of us in this room talk to ourselves. And you better be careful how you're talking to yourself because you are listening. And... <laughs> <laughs> there they are, there they are, there they are. To every one of us, we, we talk to ourselves. I talk to myself all the time. Listen to me, I talk to myself all the time. And sometimes, listen to me, my inner dialogue is God-glorifying. I talk to myself all the time, and sometimes my inner dialogue, look over here, look over here, they really just like stole the show. My inner dialogue is going to determine how I live my life, and sometimes my inner dialogue is pleasing to God, other times my inner dialogue grieves the Holy Spirit, why? Because sometimes my inner dialogue is absolutely in conflict with what God says about me. Sometimes my inner dialogue is in absolute conflict to my situation, to my future, to my life, to my spiritual well-being. Sometimes my inner dialogue has to match up with what God says about my situation in life. And I want to ask you right now as we close, is what you're saying to yourself, is it sinful? Is it negative? Is it ungodly? Is it disbelieving dialogue? Is it diabolically opposed to your well-being? Or is your inner dialogue pleasing to God because it repeats what God says about how you should feel? I love what Craig Rochelle said once. He said, our lives move in the direction of our strongest thoughts. Our lives move in the direction of our strongest thought. Your inner conversation, what you constantly think about and what you say to yourself will determine the rest of your life. So what does your mind think about when you wake up in the morning? 
What do you say to yourself when you wake up in the morning? Do you say today, God is with me? Do you say when you wake up in the morning, I can do all things that I'm blessed, that I know who I am? Or do you say, God, I can't do this. I don't have strength. I'm not smart enough. I'm not wise enough. I'm not worthy enough. What do you say? Or do you say, I know who God is. I know that God has a plan for my life and it's big. God, I know that you're thinking about me and today I'm going to honor you in all that I do. Or do you wake up in the morning and say, dear Lord, I just don't have enough time. Why should I even try? I'm not smart enough. My body's not strong enough. My mind is not sharp enough. I don't know how to do this thing in my life. You see, your thoughts will always turn into your words and your words will always turn into your actions. And so I want to ask you again, are you excited about the direction of your life? If not, it's time to take back your thinking. It's time to take back what the enemy has stolen from you. He's stolen your peace. He's stolen your sense of destiny. He's stolen your direction in life. And you need to take back your mind. And you need to start thinking about the things that God wants you to think about. And you need to start living the life that God wants you to live. Because we either choose to speak life or death over our life. And maybe today you have lost your confidence, your will, your joy, and your peace, and your purpose because you've lost your mind. But God wants you to take your mind back today. I want you to all stand to your feet right now. It's time to reclaim your minds and say, discouragement, you can't have access to my mind. Doubt and fear, you can't have access to my mind any longer. Negativity, you can't have control over my words anymore. Pornography, things that are wrong, things that I shouldn't be watching. You can't have access to my emotions. You can't have access to my mind anymore. In fact, the mind noose is the mind of Christ, the Bible says. And every day I will feed my mind with good things. Every day I will feed my mind with God's wisdom. I will feed my mind with God's word. Feed my mind with God's will. Feed my mind with God's wonderful promises. Go deeper in my understanding. Resist negative thoughts, the arrows that fly by night, and speak life instead of death. So I want everybody in this room right now. How many of you are ready to take back your mind? Hallelujah. How many of you are ready to take back your mind? How many are ready to take back your mind? I want you to put your hands right here. Just as a symbol, I want you to put your hand right here. In fact, I want you to do this. Simon says, put one here and put one here. Simon says, one here, one here. My mind and my heart belong to God. Say with me, my mind and my heart belongs to God. I'm taking back my mind. I am a child of the Most High God. I am loved by my Heavenly Father. I am redeemed by Christ. I am filled with the Spirit. I've been given a new name, a new nature, a new start. I have the mind of Christ. And I am being renewed every day by God's Word, God's Spirit, God's purpose, and God's plan for my life. I am what God's Word says I am. I can do what God's Word says I can do because He will finish the work that He started in me. I have a disciplined mind and a renewed heart 
in the name of Jesus. Amen. Come on, give the Lord a clap offering. Hallelujah. Thank you, God. Now let me pray for you. Lord, I thank you for the sermon today, Lord. It's time for your church to grow up. It's time for your church to learn, God. It's time for us to become mature believers, God. And Lord, I just pray for anyone in this room with every head bowed, every eye closed. You say, Pastor, I'm, I'm not certain if I die today, I'd go to heaven. I don't know God. I don't have a personal walk with God. But, man, I know that I need God in my life. Maybe you're just kind of working through the journey of life. You're a young man, young woman, and you're just trying to figure it all out. Let me tell you, young man, God loves you more than you could ever imagine. He loves you so much that he, he sent his son. Jesus died on the cross for your sins. It's a known, absolute fact that Jesus Christ lived on this earth. And if, and if they could find his body, they would have found it a long time ago. That, that tomb is empty. And it's empty because God rose Christ from the dead. And he's seated in heaven. And he wants to come and live in your heart today. He wants to free you from the addictions of your life that are making you go the wrong direction in your life. Young man, young lady, are you happy with the direction of your life? If not, why don't you stop right now? Why don't you ask God? God, I need your help. He loves you. You may feel like I'm, I'm too unworthy. I, I've done too many bad things. Listen to me. If, if your sin could ever keep you out of the presence of God and the love of God, if, you're, if your sin could keep you from God loving you, then your sin is greater than God's love. And nothing's greater than God. So God loves you. The Bible says God so loved you that he gave his only son that if you believe in him, he'll give you eternal life. He'll change your life. He'll turn around your life. But you've got to open the door. There's only one way for Christ to come in. The door handles on the inside of your heart. You have a free will, and God will never violate your free will. You say, Pastor, I, I want God to come into my life today. I want to invite him to take the driver's seat of my life. I want you, with your head bowed, your eyes closed, maybe you're watching via live stream, say, Pastor, pray for me. Just raise your hand. I want to pray for you today. Anybody in this room, you say, I want God to take control of my life today. I need God. I know I need God. I want to pray for you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Father, we just want to thank you, God, for today. Thank you for this message, and we pray that you would help us to be more than conquerors. Through Christ Jesus, our Lord, we pray. Amen. Before you go, I want you to go to 100 people and say, I'm glad you showed up to church today. You're really important. God bless you. Remember, God has a plan for your life, and it's big.